the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The command is pretty straightforward. It's found here in Romans chapter 12, the last verse. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with revenge. No? Overcome evil with more evil? Uh Uh-uh. No. Paul says overcome evil with good. Let's take a look at that in depth next, shall we? On today's Abounding Grace. I don't get mad, I get even. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. This is the way most of us live today, and we are quick to defend self. But here, in Romans 12, the Apostle Paul lays out for us something that is quite different than the earthly norm, something that is heavenly, that is following after Jesus. Jesus overcame evil with good, and then he calls us to do the same. And that is the call in Romans 12, verses 17 through 21. Welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Join us as we catch up with Gary here in Romans 12. His disciples slept when they should have been praying. All of his friends had literally abandoned him. Yet he stood firmly and said, I am. And all the soldiers fell back. Why? I mean, this was the perfect perfect time for him to retaliate. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. If these 12 are the best there are, and this is how they have treated me, then... No, what did he do? He laid down his life on the cross for us. He saved us by his submission. He saved us by his tenderness, his gentleness, his meekness before his Father's will... And he left us an example that we are to follow, which is what? Love and meekness, and even when we are tormented by our enemies. And he will help us. All we have to do is ask. Turn with me to Matthew 7, 7. I want to point something out very important about some well-known verses here that are often separated from their context, and therefore they're robbed of their fuller power. Notice in verse 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be open unto you. Okay, but Lord, are you just saying that out, in the, uh, out of the blue? Okay, but Lord, please, how are we supposed to handle this? Let's begin with verse 1. Judge not that you not be judged, for with what judgments you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote, the speck that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? And how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, the beam is in in thine own eye, thou hypocrite? First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. 
Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Now what is Jesus talking about here? The way we are to relate to one another. The way we are to forbear judging. The way we are not to get out a chainsaw to help our brother overcome the speck that is in his eye because those who wield chainsaws but have telephone poles hanging out of their own eyes are not going to be very accurate, are they? And then he says in verse 6, but you've also got to distinguish between dogs and swine, those who are hardened rebels against God's truth, because there may be a time to just rebuke them and let them then go on their way and let God deal with it. But how in the world can we live in harmonious, wise relationships when there are so many opinions, when there's so much hurt feelings and grudges and taking offenses against other people and putting them in boxes? Well, this is the way they are, so everything they do to us ever again will be fit within this box. See, I knew you would do that. I, I knew you would say that. I knew that's the way you would be. How can we escape these things? Verse 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. In other words, what the Lord is telling us here is that if we want to have love in our relationships forbearance and meekness and gentleness and to have the strength not to take up an offense for ourselves or others is then not to have our first thought be self-justification. Where do we get this from? That's my first response. I've got to defend myself. I know I did the right thing here. No. Ask God for humility. Ask Him for wisdom. Ask Him for grace to see ourselves as we really are. But don't just ask. Seek like a man who was looking for treasure. It's not just something that we passively say, Hey God, would you help me love my wife better? Would you help me love my husband better? And we pray it ten times or fifty times or five thousand times. But we never do it with earnestness. It's not like Elijah's prayer where he prayed fervently with great energy and zeal like a child saying, Mom, I'm hungry. Mom, I'm hungry. Daddy, help me. Daddy, help me. We must pray like that. That is seeking, then knocking. is just pounding on the door of heaven. Lord, give me love. Give me grace, give me humility, give me strength to die to myself and my relations with my brothers because unless you give me strength, I will merely make a mess of every relationship that I touch. Men, this is the way we are to pray, to love our wives. We need to be asking, we need to be seeking, seeking wisdom, seeking God, seeking grace, and we need to be knocking pounding down the door of heaven. Give God no rest until He comes and rains down righteousness upon us and peace and love because that is what Jesus is doing at the right hand of God. 
He is the conduit of grace and of love and of mercy. And he says, I'm going to share with you my fullness. But if you just sit there on your hands and wait for lightning to strike in a bottle, I'm not going to give it to you. You've got to take me at my word. You've got to believe that I am and that I'm the rewarder of those who diligently seek me. Diligently, beloved, not passively. Not, well, I prayed for that five years ago and I didn't get it. Or I prayed for five years and I didn't get it. So pray five more. Pray ten more, twenty more. Because even if you don't get it, you get God. And you fellowship with Him. And that's more important than getting even what I think I need. Because I want Him. I want to have life with Him and joy with my Father in Heaven. Now back to verse 17. He had something here very important. After saying we're not to pay back evil for evil, he says, provide provide things honest in the sight of all men. This is actually an unfortunate translation because the word provide here means to think beforehand, to plan beforehand. So it is really a very close follow-up to the first half of verse 17. So let me translate it with an explanation. Instead of, when we think about repaying evil for evil, instead of, okay, I'm going to see that person again tomorrow, so let me get out my mental bucket And think of all the offenses and get all teary-eyed. I can't believe they did that to me. And I get frustrated. And then when I'm with them, it's all just a muddle. Instead of that, Jesus says, do you want to overcome your retaliatory spirit? Do you want to overcome this? I'm going to get you. You did something to me. I'm going to do something to you. Do you want to overcome that? Then you think ahead of time. Make mental preparation ahead of time. How can you bless those who curse you? How can you do good to those who maybe at some level oppose you? You've got to think about it ahead of time. This is where we lose many of our relationship battles. You know, we're on our way home after a hard day at work, men, and you think, oh man, my wife did that to me last night. I had to forget about it during the day, but man, I've turned back on the burner and I'm boiling about it again. But my wife does the same thing. No, no, no. We turn off the burner. We die to self. We crucify self on the altar of God's mercy. Not you, O Lord, but me. And we think ahead of time. My wife has really got something against me here. So I need to go in. And the first thing I need to do, because I'm thinking about this ahead of time, is I need to provide good here. So the very first thing I need to communicate to my wife, particularly if I was truly in the wrong, say I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? I love you, and I need to make this right. Not, well, I'm so embarrassed by what I did that I don't want to say anything, and if I don't, maybe she'll make the first step to me, and then I don't have to deal with it. 
You see, we're fools. If we don't deal with the sins we commit, and if we don't deal with the issues in our marriages and parent-child relations, what do you think is going to happen? That the issues will just go away? No, they just get pushed deeper and deeper into the cellular DNA of our spiritual walk with God, of our relationship with others, and the hurts just get deeper and deeper and deeper. It's like a person I know who remembered something someone had done to them 43 years ago with all the freshness as if it had just happened five minutes ago. Why? Because they didn't think ahead of time how to do this person good, how to bless this person and love this person. God forgives us, right? I, even I, am he who blots out your sins. So obviously what is being said here is that we are to seek grace to do the same thing, to forgive and to forget. This is the way Jesus did it. His crucifiers did not ask his forgiveness, but he forgave them anyway. And there is a rather curious doctrine of forgiveness going around, and I have to admit, I used to hold to this, that unless a person asks, you don't have to forgive. Well, if they grovel to me, then I'll mother something about mercy toward them. But we see an example of our Lord Jesus here. And even if others don't come on their own, like perhaps they should, and ask for forgiveness, the default spirit of our heart should be, I do forgive. I don't hold this against them. Why? Because remember what Jesus said in Matthew 13. Neither will your father forgive you if you do not from the heart forgive those who sin against you. And there's nothing in Greek there that says, comma, provided they ask for it. We are to forgive. That is to be our spirit as we have been forgiven. You know, part of our problem with relationships is that we just need to walk more closely with Jesus. We need to stand closer to the cross. We need to see ourselves more honestly for who we are. Because if we are friends of His, we are going to be familiar with mercy. And if we are familiar with mercy, then we're going to sing of mercy, and we're going to show mercy, and we're going to forgive and bless But if we are strangers to this, then we will be strangers to Him. And it is going to show in that we are strangers to mercy. Be around a Christian whom you know has spent a good bit of time with Jesus. And you will notice in their their lives there is a real dementia. A real forgetfulness of wrongs they have suffered. And willingness to embrace all men, as Calvin said, with a universal feeling of love. And that comes only from Jesus. And that is what we are blessed to have. And it sure beats holding on to everything someone has done to us and paying them back and giving them the emotional pout treatment. By the way, verse 18, that is the way to live at peace with all men. I love this verse because it is so realistic. 
First of all, he says, if it is possible, which implicates it's not always possible. It's not always possible even for believers to live at peace with each other. After all, we live in a fallen world and we are fallen. You know, it is so tragic. Relationship books, relationship conferences, particularly all those written by worldlings, but even many of those written by Christians, just omit the very foundational issue, I am fallen. I am sinful and therefore I cannot always do the things I want to do. So I'm just going to follow these three brilliant principles that no one else has ever come up with in the history of the church and nothing changes. And I'm like, why? I followed those principles of this guru. No. I am fallen. I am a sinner. And that is no excuse, but it is reality. That is why he said, if it be possible, as much as it depends upon you. You know, we have peace in Christ. For everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus, he is our peace. We are at peace within a peace that should transcend our squabbles. But in practice... We wait for heaven for our full and glorious peace. And that is why he says, if it be possible, as much as it depends on you, as much as it lies with you, live at peace with all men. With unbelievers, this means we don't answer tit for tat. We don't use harsh language. If we are struck, we don't strike back. Brothers, that is not weakness. That is true courage. We turn the other cheek. We repent of our argumentativeness. With believers, it's the same, but there is a little bit different dynamic with believers because we have an added reason. We have only one master, and we're all brothers and sisters. There's no aristocracy in the church of Jesus Christ. We all sit at the feet of our master. So what should we do? Put to death the desire for preeminence, the ambition. I want to be known as something. I want to be recognized as someone who has all the answers. And it will not do for other people to oppose me. Because after all, I'm standing for the truth. So if they oppose me, they must be opposing God. But even if that were true, beloved, which is never really is as much as we think it is, This gives us no right to treat a brother with any less respect than we treat Jesus. Because he says, if anyone gives even to this little one of mine a cup of water, he does it unto me. So we have to treat every brother, every sister with respect. And plus, if we start breaking up into separate enclaves of class, Is that likely to win a brother who has gone wayward? It's doubtful. Love and humility are the strongest weapons that there are. I'm reminded of the centurion who, when he saw Jesus in his sufferings, how that must have moved this man with Jesus' submission to the will of his father. 
He was right there, and he was listening to every word that Jesus said when he was being crucified between heaven and earth for our sins. And all this centurion could confess as he saw the added things of the whole world growing dark and the earthquakes. All he could say with a trembling heart was, this man was the Son of God. And if nothing else, by our humility... Our meekness, at least the world can say of us, truly, truly, this man is a child of God. And that should be our goal. And it will not be our goal if we're not humble before God and before others. Everyone needs to memorize this verse, Psalm 25, 9. The meek he will guide in judgment. The meek... He will teach his way. Who's the meek? The teachable, the humble, the one who doesn't say, you hurt my feelings. You've got to make this right. Or I'm going to take this out on you. I'm going to give you emotional payback. And we've all done it. Either loudly or quietly, sullenly or proudly. We've all done it. Remember Jesus said, you learn of me. I am meek. Are you meek? He is the Son of God. He is the eternal Word. By Him all things were made. He comes clothed in our flesh and humbles Himself and says, Learn of me. I am meek and humble and lowly of part. And my friends, if you learn that, you will find rest unto your souls. Why? What is the connection here? If you take the yoke of Jesus upon you of meekness and lowliness, then you will have peace. Why? Because you have given up the God delusion. You've given up the idea that it's all going to be okay in this life because it's going to be on my terms and people are going to respect me and love me and cherish me and everyone is going to bow. To my opinions. Oh, hallelujah. That when we come to Jesus, we give up making, being loved, and being respected the gods of our soul. We only want one thing, and that is Jesus. And he comes to us, and he teaches us lowliness and humility. I have nothing, Lord, that you have not given me. I have no righteousness except what you have given me. I have no peace except what you have given to me. Then we can put those idols on the shelf and say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. What I want in the interaction with my brother is not to be thought right, not to turn the tables on him so I am the offended one. No, all I want, Lord Jesus is for you to be honored and glorified. For you must increase, but I must decrease. Living at peace, as Paul tells us here in verse 18, does not mean that everyone then respects us or treats us well. It doesn't mean there won't be any conflict. It simply means that we obey God's law with respect to that person that we love them according to his word, that we put them first, that if they hate us, we will still pray for them and serve them the best we can, and we will speak well of them. Let us pray. 
Almighty Father, we thank you for this section of Romans and its teachings on relationship issues. And how Christians are to strive to live at peace with others, even when they are harsh with us. Give us wisdom in this area and guide and protect us as we deal with any injustices or harsh treatment. Keep us ever vigilant in our duties as your kingdom warriors and mold us more and more into the image of your son and give us his humility and meekness and a true concern for others for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church here in San Jose. As always, it's a delight spending time with you here in God's Word. And if today's program has been especially helpful to you, we'd love to hear about it. Would you take a moment and contact us? Let us know how the program is encouraging you in Christ. It would mean a great deal to us. From time to time, we'd like to know how the program is being used by God. And that would be a great gauge for us, a quick letter or a phone call. Here's how to contact us, 408-866-5607. That's our phone number, 408-866-5607. Or you can write to us at PMB, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB for post mailbox, number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is the zip code. If you'd like to know more about Reformed Heritage Church of San Jose or Pastor Gary Wagner and Abounding Grace, you can visit our website, reformedheritage.org. That's reformedheritage.org. And leave us an email when you stop by. Let us know you paid us a visit. You're also welcome to, again, call. That phone number is 408-866-5607. If you'd like a copy of today's program, by the way, mention today's date when you contact us and we'll get a copy out to you. The cost is $5. And any amount you send above and beyond cost of resource materials will go right back into the radio program as this is a listener-supported ministry. We're able to continue our daily presence here on this station as you continue to support us financially and prayerfully. We appreciate your help in this endeavor. Thank you again. For further information, reformedheritage.org or 408-866-5607. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.